Additional support for Heat Treat Radio is provided by the Industrial Heating Equipment Association, IEA, providers of world-class heat treat industry training and executive-level networking. IEA, celebrating 90 years of existence and on the web at www.ihea.org. On the next two episodes of Heat Treat Radio, we're going to talk hydrogen. If you're wondering how hydrogen is used in heat treat plants, or if you are an experienced user of hydrogen, these next two episodes should be of interest to you, and it will be an educational journey. The content of the next two Heat Treat Radio episodes is derived largely from a special Heat Treat Today ebook entitled Hydrogen Generation and Its Benefits for Heat Treaters, which is available on Heat Treat Today's website at this address, www.heattreattoday.com slash ebook. No hyphens, just slash ebook. The book was put together in cooperation with Nell Hydrogen, and today's guest on Heat Treat Radio is David Wolf, Heat Treat Market Specialist for Nell Hydrogen. In part one of this two-part series, we'll talk about hydrogen basics, why hydrogen is used, the processes where hydrogen is typically used, other atmosphere generation systems and how they compare to hydrogen, safety concerns, and several other hydrogen basics. In part two, we'll delve deeper into hydrogen delivery options, the economics of on-site hydrogen generation, and who should and should not use hydrogen. Before Mr. Wolf joins us, Let me take a moment to encourage you to visit Heat Treat Today's website and take advantage of all the great Heat Treat related content you'll find there. Our editorial team adds at least one new item every weekday and much of it uh, it will be of interest to you, especially if you are a manufacturer with in-house heat treat in the aerospace, automotive, medical or energy sectors, as well as general manufacturing. Our site is built for you to help you run a better and more profitable heat treat department. Bottom line, we believe people are happier and make better decisions when they're well informed. So our site is targeted at getting you well informed. One of the great resources we have on the site besides the ebook is a list of heat treat industry consultants. If you're like most manufacturers, your heat treat brains are retiring, which makes it difficult to troubleshoot or solve problems when they arise. Where better to turn than to a website that has a comprehensive and growing list of heat treat consultants, complete with a list of specialties for each consultant. It's a great resource, nothing like it in the industry. You can get there easily by binging or Googling heat treat consultants. We should be the first item that pops up. Or you can simply type heattreattoday.com slash consultant and you'll be directed right to our page on the website. Okay, so let's jump into part one of our interview with David Wolf of Nell Hydrogen. Here we go. We're here today with David Wolf from Nell Hydrogen, and we're going to be talking a bit about on-site hydrogen generation. This this really has come about because of an ebook that David and one of his colleagues, a gentleman by the name of Chris Van Name, 
and and Heat Treat Today worked on together. Uh, it the ebook was based on a presentation I believe that you gave at FNA 2018. You're correct. The ebook was based on the FNA Furnaces North America. Right. Uh, I did a uh, an expansion on it uh, for Fabtech 2019. Very good. Very good. I want our listeners to, to, to get to know you a bit before we jump into the content of the book. So if you don't mind, Dave, would you just give us your name, rank, serial number, et cetera? Well, thank you, uh, Doug. Um, I've been uh, in the uh, industrial gas industry for my whole career, hard to believe, uh, going uh, well over 40 years now. Um, uh, I've been uh, a little over 20 years at uh, Nell Hydrogen, and uh, uh, before we were called Nell, we were called Proton Onsite. Um, I joined uh, relatively early in, uh, in Proton's uh, history, um, and uh, Proton uh, was begun in order to uh, commercialize attractively cost uh, onsite hydrogen using water electrolysis. Uh, I found that incredibly exciting as I came from the industrial gas industry and I witnessed uh, firsthand the importance of having cost-effective access to hydrogen in order to succeed in materials processing. Uh, Prior to uh, Proton, I was with uh, Messer, uh, who's now back in the uh, United States. Yes. And I was with Air Products for uh, uh, about 13 years prior to my time with Messer. Super. So you've, got, you've spent, let's say, 40 years anyhow in the industrial gases uh, industry, and most recently, yes, a good bulk of that time in, uh, with what was called Proton Onsite, now called Nell Hydrogen, which is uh, just right. for our listeners' sake, now Nell is in the U.S. is headquartered out of New England. Yeah, uh, yeah. So Nell in the U.S. is headquartered in uh, in Wallingford, Connecticut, which is where Proton was based. Right. Uh, Nell's uh, worldwide corporate headquarters is in Norway. Okay. Um, and Nell is a um, is a corporation related to the historical uh, Norsk. Hydro, which has been around since 1927 and involved with water electrolysis since the early 20s. Yeah, anybody in the metals industry probably recognizes that name. So that, that, that's great. Yeah. Okay, so today we want to talk about uh, on, well, we're going to talk about hydrogen, right? But we're going to talk specifically about on site hydrogen generation. But before we get there, if you don't mind, Dave, give us a, a quick rundown on. Uh, just the role of hydrogen in your normal heat treat, let's say, in, in a typical heat treat process. What does hydrogen do for us? Well, you start with the fact that hydrogen is a reducing gas, which means that it can prevent or even reverse oxidation. Mm-hmm. For example, you can put oxidized parts through a hydrogen atmosphere furnace and they'll come out the other end, say if it's a belt furnace, bright and shiny. Mm -hmm. At the elevated temperatures used in metal thermal processing, heat treating, the rate of oxidation is increased. 
So you have to protect the metal so that it doesn't discolor from oxidation. Mm -hmm. And more concerning, oxidation will interfere with braze material flow in brazing and will prevent proper sintering of powder metal uh, fabricated parts. Uh -huh. So oxidation is a real problem in thermal processing. Right. So, and, now, and the reason of the brazing and whatnot is because of contamination on the surfaces. Yeah, you don't get a solid braze or a or, or a solid center. Exactly. Now, hydrogen is not the only reducing gas. CO, carbon monoxide, can also be used, but CO is highly toxic, so is not routinely used except if it's created, you know, incidentally in the process of making endo or exo gas. Right, right, which we will we'll talk about that a little bit more. Um, some people wonder why nitrogen alone is not sufficient as a heat-treating atmosphere. It's inert, right? Right. But it's essentially impossible to flow enough nitrogen through an atmosphere furnace to eliminate all of the hyd all of the oxygen molecules. Mm -hmm. And if you did try to flow that much nitrogen through the furnace, well, you you would rob all the heat out of the furnace. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the attractiveness about hydrogen is it grabs and immobilizes the stray oxygen molecules, preventing oxidation but still enables you to, uh, to manage the flow rate in your furnace. Got it. Got it. So, you know, there are some vacuum furnace uh, heat treaters who place a, a piece of metal or some, some substance inside of their furnace. They call it a getter, which is it basically yep. attracts those undesirable elements out of the atmosphere in a sense, hydrogen, not exactly, but in a sense, hydrogen can be a, a, a kind of that getter that goes and gets, if you will, goes and gets the oxygen, pulls it out of that atmosphere, where nitrogen, you'd have to be pushing it out. You know, you'd have to be flooding the, uh, putting so much nitrogen through, you still might not get rid of all the oxygen. Whereas if you have some hydrogen, boom, hydrogen pulls it out. So You're, you're exactly right, uh, Doug. The, the, the hydrogen acts as a chemical getter. Okay. And... Uh, uh, so it's analogous. Now, there's a couple of other things I should mention. In addition to its role as a reducing gas to prevent or uh, reverse oxidation, hydrogen has the highest heat conductivity of any gas. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the high heat conductivity of hydrogen means that parts heat up faster in a hydrogen-containing atmosphere and they cool off faster, too. The high heat conductivity allows for higher productivity by faster cycles in batch heat treating and faster transport speed through continuous furnaces like belts and pushers. Right. Parts heat up fast, and they cool down quickly. The right. alternative, if you have lower hydrogen content in your atmospheres is longer furnaces, slower belt speeds, or longer batch furnace cycles. Right, right. 
Exactly. The, well, the higher it, it, uh, coefficient of heat transfer, hydrogen is the best, you know, uh, for pulling pulling right. heat out or putting heat in. So, right, exactly. You're looking exactly. at you're going at process efficiencies there as well. All right, so let's talk about Productivity. Just, yeah, right. Well, productivity. one final thing, if you don't mind. Yeah, please. Uh, when, when vacuum furnaces are wide, while vacuum furnaces are widely used and yield terrific results, a vacuum furnace creates an inert atmosphere, not a reducing atmosphere. Mm-hmm. So a high vacuum furnace can prevent oxidation, but typically not reverse it. Mm-hmm. So in many cases, a wisp of hydrogen is often used to create a partial pressure hydrogen atmosphere. In vacuum furnaces, for example, for powder metallurgy, so you enhance the sintering by reducing the surface oxidation on the powder uh, particles. Right, right, understood. We'll come back shortly to wrap up part one of our conversation with David Wolf of Nell Hydrogen. But before we do, there are two quick and important promotional messages that you need to know. First, Heat Treat Radio would like to thank the Industrial Heating Equipment Association for their support of these periodic podcasts. AIA is celebrating 90 years of existence this year, and they've been in existence that long helping manufacturers of heat processing equipment. The organization has been providing high-level executive networking opportunities for decades, and they're also known for their world-class educational programs that cover topics like burners and combustion systems, safety and standards, and process and induction heating systems. They have both in-person and online courses. IEA also releases a monthly executive economic update and analysis report which consists of 13 pages chock full of interesting and timely economic information that directly impacts the heat treat market. If you're buying equipment, ask your vendor if they're a member of IEA. IEA member companies are the type of company with whom you want to do business. And remember, if you'd like more content on hydrogen, get to Heat Treat Today and order the hydrogen ebook entitled Hydrogen Generation and Its Benefits for Heat Treaters. You can go to heattreattoday.com slash ebook or simply Bing or Google Heat Treat Today Hydrogen Ebook. You'll be able to get a free download immediately. And now let's get back to our hydrogen conversation with David Wolf of Nell Hydrogen. So typically we've 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 hit on what hydrogen can do. Uh and and I think we've already kind of hit on this next question that I've, I've got down here is, is the typical processes, heat treat processes, because of course, as you know, most of our listeners are going to be uh, heat treat folks. Um, brazing you've mentioned, sintering you've mentioned. What else would we typically use a hydrogen atmosphere uh, for? Well, uh, let's start with, with uh, making sure that people are aware that Hydrogen is used only in furnaces which are designed for a hydrogen atmosphere. Mm-hmm. So uh, they have to have the, the right flow paths. They have to uh, have electrical parts and safety systems, such as flame curtains, mm-hmm. which are expressly designed to safely use right. hydrogen. Um, 
Also, and importantly, the newest thermal processing equipment is highly automated for safe use of hydrogen. While hydrogen can be used safely in older equipment that's also designed to use hydrogen, it's important to follow procedures which are uh, specifically designed around hydrogen right, use. Right. So those uh, those are key um, uh, considerations. Yeah, let me interrupt you, Dave, uh, just real quick that, on that. I think you know the caveat that you're issuing. I think we ought to emphasize right hydrogen. Is, does have its issues, as, and, and we need to be careful with the use of hydrogen. So anyone listening to this, just make sure, well, right. let's not just go throw hydrogen into our furnace all of a sudden. Very, very important that the exactly. safety concerns be followed. If, if, if nothing else, call Dave <laughs> before you get too anxious and decide to, throw, <laughs> decide to throw hydrogen into your furnace. But okay, please continue, Dave. I appreciate that caveat. Okay. Right. So hydrogen is used to provide uh, uh, atmospheres for processes like annealing, brazing, glass metal sealing, and all types of sintering, including a PM, MIM, and AM. Um, ha- hydrogen is also widely used for processing magnetic mm-hmm. materials, uh, ma- uh, motor lamps and, and things mm-hmm. like that. Um, keep in mind that both what are called synthetic or blended atmospheres, and also generated, and here's where where it gets a little squirrely, uh, generated typically refers to exo, endo, and DA, dissociated Mm -hmm. ammonia. Those atmospheres contain hydrogen is the primary reducing gas. As I mentioned earlier, Exo and endo gas also contain CO, which is also a reducing mm-hmm. gas. And, and exo and endo are often used for in in, in atmospheres for hardening, right. uh, which which we uh, uh, typically you know um, you don't use a, a, a pure hydrogen atmosphere for that because that'll tend to soften right. your parts. So we've covered some of the uh, processes that are involved, and and then you you you've alluded to this, Dave. But let's let's uh, flesh this out a little bit more. We don't often use hydrogen alone, right? We're, we often it's used as a yeah. as one component of a uh, of, with other gases. Let's talk about why that is. Why why do we not use besides the uh, you know, the obvious safety issues of using 100% hydrogen. Let's talk yeah. about why we don't see 100% hydrogen and, and what we're often mixing with. I like to use an analogy here, Doug. Uh, think of hydrogen gas in a furnace atmosphere, kind of like dishwashing detergent. When you're washing dishes or processing parts, the function is to clean the parts, either the metal parts or cups and saucers. Dishwashing detergent is diluted with water. Hydrogen is typically diluted with nitrogen or uh, possibly with argon. In both cases, whether you're washing dishes or processing uh, metal parts, the detergent is more expensive than the diluent. Hence, the idea is to use only as much detergent, Mm -hmm. hydrogen, as is needed to get the job mm-hmm. done. Yeah, excellent analogy. Yeah. 
Okay, so there's major differences, of course, between thermal processing and washing dishes. Yes. One major dish, one major consideration is that the metal that's being thermally processed is actually chemically and metallurgically interacting with the furnace atmosphere. So you have the the surface effect, which is the uh, you know the chemical effect, but also you have a metallurgical effect. That's how metals are softened and also, in the case of carbon, hardened. Obviously, dishes are unaffected by the dishwashing process other than having their surface cleaned. So that's part of the reason that atmosphere composition is greatly dependent on the metallurgy of the parts that you're processing. That's also the area where metallurgists have the greatest knowledge and provide, you know, unique process knowledge and value. Right. Okay. So, so basically you're going to use as, you're going to use as little, if you will, or an appropriate portion of hydrogen to get the job done. And that is very much dependent on materials being run, processes being performed, et cetera, correct? Exactly. So the, the workhorse thermal processing atmosphere is a nitrogen atmosphere with a variable amount of hydrogen depending on the metal being processed. So carbon steel, for example, can be processed in a 4 to 5% hydrogen blend, balance 95 to 96% uh-huh. nitrogen. This, this blend is so widely used that it's been given a nickname, so-called forming uh-huh. gas. Okay. Some metals react adversely with hydrogen and cannot be processed in a hydrogen-containing atmosphere at all. Uh, An example of that would be titanium. So titanium, which is so widely used for aerospace and and also medical applications, um, that's not processed in hydrogen at all, and that's why batch vacuum heat treating is so popular in aerospace and medical, because there's a lot of titanium. Right. And they, you know, uh, the hydrogen, uh, my understanding is hydrogen causes embrittlement when we're dealing with titanium. Exactly. It causes damage to titanium right. parts. Uh, batch processing also enables you to do lot tracking and, and, and other things which are sure. important in both aerospace and, and, uh, and uh, medical. Aluminum is another commonly heat-treated metal that doesn't require okay. hydrogen. Uh, aluminum is basically uh, generally heat-treated in pure mm-hmm. nitrogen. But other metals that, that do use hydrogen-containing atmosphere include uh, copper and brass, uh, as I mentioned, magnetic mm-hmm. steels, and stainless mm-hmm. steels. Um, generally, uh, the steels, other than, than carbon steel, will require an atmosphere in the 30 to 60% range of hydrogen in nitrogen, while certain grades of stainless must be heat-treated in 100% hydrogen. Often, uh, the 300 series of stainless, uh, people prefer to use 100% uh, hydrogen for that. On part two of this hydrogen podcast series, we'll talk again with David Wolf about hydrogen delivery options, the economics of on-site hydrogen generation, and who should and should not consider using hydrogen. Be looking for that episode to be released within the next two weeks. If you'd like to get in touch with David Wolf, 
of Nell Hydrogen, please email me at doug at heattreattoday.com and I'll get you in touch with David. If you have questions for Nell Hydrogen, feel free to reach out to them directly on their website, which is www.nellhydrogen.com. That's N-E-L hydrogen.com or call 203-949-8697. That's 203-949-8697. Nell Hydrogen has a robust response network that can address questions in nearly any language at any time around the globe. Simply complete the inquiry form on their website, again, www.nailhydrogen.com, and someone will be in touch. And one last reminder, go to go download Heat Treat Today's Hydrogen Generation eBook by going to www.heattreattoday.com slash eBook, no hyphens, just eBook, or by binging or Googling Heat Treat Today Hydrogen eBook. For more Heat Treat Radio, Bing or Google, Heat Treat Radio will be one of the first things that pop up. And if you have a specific topic you'd like covered on a future episode of Heat Treat Radio, or if you'd like to advertise your company on Heat Treat Radio, please contact me, Doug Glenn, by email at doug at heattreattoday.com. Thanks goes to the Industrial Heating Equipment Association, IEA, for their support of Heat Treat Radio, IEA world-class training and upper-level management networking opportunities, helping the industry succeed for the past 90 years. On the web at www.ihea.org. This episode and every other episode of Heat Treat Radio is the sole property of Heat Treat Today and may not be reproduced in part or in whole without express advance written permission from Heat Treat Today. Today's episode of Heat Treat Radio was mixed and much of the music was created by Jonathan Lloyd of Butler, Pennsylvania. I'm your host, Doug Glenn. Thanks for listening.